These are the stories of the pioneers, people and places in the central interior of British Columbia. Follow along with the tales written by local historian Barry Sale in the Williams Lake Tribune. These stories are then brought to life by your host, Jason Ryle. Welcome to the Haphazard History of the Caraboo-Chilcotin Podcast. Most of us have seen the iconic photograph of two freight wagons being pulled by mules through the Great Bluff cut above the Thompson River. Or the equally famous photo of the SS Enterprise at its berth on the Fraser River below the town of Soda Creek. Both of these images were captured for posterity in 1867 by Frederick Daly. As we publish these columns and produce these episodes about people and places in the Gold Rush era, we frequently check the provincial archives to find related photographs. We've noticed that very often these old images are attributed to this man who has become known as the Gold Rush photographer. So who was Frederick Daly and what's his story? Well, we thought the answers to these questions might make for some interesting reading and listening. Not much is known about Daly's early years. He was born on July 29, 1838, in Southwark, a district of Greater London, the youngest of nine children. He received his education at Christ's Hospital in London and served an apprenticeship with a linen and woolen draper. In 1862, at the age of 24, and at the heights of the Caribou Gold Rush, Daly immigrated to Victoria, the capital of the new colony of British Columbia. There he opened up a dry goods store, selling everything from cloth to engravings to wine goblets and musical instruments. Daly had a keen interest in the relatively new art of photography, and almost four years later, in June of 1866, he sold his successful dry goods business and he established his own photographic studio and gallery. Gradually, this business grew as he produced portraits of the city's leading citizens, images of public buildings, and informal photographs of local street scenes and special community events. He also produced an extensive collection of photographic plates documenting the activities of the colonial government and the Royal Navy, based at Esquimalt. One of his specialties was producing and marketing cartes de visite of First Nations people, photographs of his encounters with Indigenous people in their own villages. In August of 1866, Daly accompanied the governor of the colony, Arthur Edward Kennedy, aboard the HMS Scout as they circumnavigated Vancouver Island and stopped off at many First Nations villages. His photographs taken on this trip especially those from Fort Rupert, which is now Port Hardy, Comox, Cowichan, and Nanaimo, were outstanding and continue to provide valuable anthropological evidence even today. The following year, in 1867, Daly made a month-long trip up the Caribou Wagon Road to Barkerville and the Caribou Goldfields. He took photographs all along the route, as well as recording images of Barkerville itself and the mining operations in the vicinity of Williams Creek. Now, it must have been exceedingly difficult for a photographer traveling in the mid-1860s. He would have had a huge, heavy camera, a large tripod, dozens of glass plates, 
a trunk full of chemicals, distilled water, and developing trays, and a darkroom tent in which to develop his photographs. What a difference from today's instant images on our cell phones, huh? Now, despite the high degree of difficulty, Dali managed to produce some of the finest Canadian photographs of the 1860s. In particular, his work in and around Barkerville was exceptional. Many of the photos were used to produce engravings for pictures published by the press outlet of the day, and many others have been used, and still are being used today, to illustrate books on articles dealing with our province's history. The following year, in 1868, Daly returned to Barkerville to open up a new photographic studio and gallery there. Its construction was completed a month or so later, and business was brisk. Daly produced a number of photos of the people and the area, but the whole enterprise came to an abrupt end when fire destroyed the town on September 16th. Rather than going through the expense and difficulties of rebuilding, Daly returned to Victoria at the end of October. There, he continued to operate his photography business until September 1870, when he sold his gallery and all his equipment to the Green Brothers. Unfortunately, his glass plate negatives and his albums of photographs were dispersed. They're still being sought today. After he sold out, Daly made his way to Philadelphia, where he studied to become a dental surgeon. Two years after receiving his degree, he returned to England, where he set up a practice in Portman Square in London. Later on, he moved to Wolverhampton, where he continued as a very successful and well-recognized dental surgeon until his retirement at the age of 71. During this time, he offered his expertise on colonial British Columbia and also the photographic collections he had personally kept to the Royal Geographic Society and the British Museum. In 1883, he presented an album of his images to Queen Victoria in person. Frederick Daly died in Wolverhampton on July 28, 1914, in his 76th year. No other photographer had compiled such a complete record or set of images of the early years of our province. At a time when photography was crude and uncertain at best, his images were remarkable for their clarity, their composition, and their subject matter. Were it not for the Gold Rush photographer, we would have a far more incomplete visual record of our historical past. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. I'm Jason Ryle. This has been the Haphazard History of the Caribou Chilcotin Podcast. Tune in every month on the Williams Lake Tribune website or subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Produced by Front Row Voiceovers in collaboration with the Williams Lake Tribune.